You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's rolling great. I feel like we had a very productive night last night. We did the first two podcasts. This is the third one of the 32. And yeah. then we did like a, then we did like, hey, let's do one more. We did a two and a half hour Survivor podcast. Yeah, for the second time that we forgot to spin the wheel at the end of the last episode to decide who we're discussing today. So do you want to spin that wheel now? Oh, for next episode? No, for the episode we're about to do so that we know who, what team we're talking about. Well, let's be honest. We spun the wheel already for that one. Offline, let's spin the wheel yes. For the next we, we spun the wheel offline because we realized we forgot to do it, and I was going to pretend to do it now. Are you not wearing a shirt? I'm wearing a shirt. What are you talking about? Okay. I just have like a small view of you, so it looks like I just see your shoulder. No, and not only am I here, but we have our returning guest from yesterday also. Not Allie Lasher, but this guy. Unnamed Chester. Unnamed, yeah. Dreams Chester, we're going to be going with probably. Dreams Chester. All right, that's good. Do, do you know Dreams' his real name? Hmm. What's his last name again? Uh, that I don't remember. Say his last name. I'll, I'll, yeah, if you said his last uh, his name, his first name it. is like it's like Taria or something. It's a very strange name. Oh, it's never mentioned on the show. You're saying? Yeah, I was shocked when I saw it. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, um, matter. all right, okay. What, let's spin the wheel now for the next. So we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what came up as the third episode. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think you're right. Let's spin the wheel now for the next one because otherwise we're gonna get bombed, and that's one of the reasons we don't do it. I think because we keep getting bombed. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So, so this episode, episode three, we're gonna talk about the Steelers, which means that we've done uh, Washington, Indy, and now Pittsburgh. And the question is, who will be our podcast for tomorrow, Saturday? Number four on our list. Uh, drum roll, please. Do you want to make a drum roll sound? Okay. It's the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Okay, Miami Dolphins. Is that perfect? The Dolphins suck. Yeah, I mean, I, well, because I was going to say there's like five or six teams that we probably can't do because we have, get, you know, we have usual guests for them, like the Jets and the Giants and the Seahawks. But, yeah, Miami, that's fine. All right. The, so yeah, the Dolphins Miami, don't demand a guest, I guess you're saying. Okay, fine. All right, so um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that you and I are both uh, much higher on than than sort of the masses. I think PFF says that they're um, they they predict them to go like seven and nine or six and ten or something like that. I forget exactly mm-hmm. what it was, uh, but you have them at number six, 
and I have him at number 11. So we both think of them as a playoff team. By the way, I'm looking some of our listeners even higher. Tim Westein has him at five, although he's from Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, slightly biased there. And, and Eric uh, Gillen, or Gian as I like to call him, uh, who is from San Francisco, of course, definitely not from Pittsburgh. You're very yeah. bad at pronouncing last names. Yeah, he has him at number six as well. So uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, Steelers fandom there, although then we have a lot of people who have him in the 20s as well. So um, overall, our cumulative average is we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number nine. What were the, you know, we didn't say it because we were still calculating the rankings. I think we said Washington was going to be 32. What were the Colts that were the... No, we, uh, we said Washington was a 32. Yeah, so what were the Colts, though? I don't, we never we, said what the Colts Yeah, were. we said what the Colts were. Second, we, so. we discussed it at length on the podcast. I don't remember. Yeah. What were the Colts? The Colts were 11, and we asked... Um, remember, we asked uh, our guest, Jake, to guess. Oh, yeah, Jake Lewin. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, we, we have, so we have the Steelers at number nine, but... Um, that's mostly because yeah, you push it up. Our, the listeners have them ranked average of 13. So the listeners are a, a little bit lower on them, and which still is on the cusp of a playoff team. So, you know, why don't we start with you? Why do you love this team so much? At six, you think they're like a borderline Super Bowl contender. Okay, so a couple things. I think, and six is maybe a little too high, but I do think that they are a borderline Super Bowl contender. First of all, they were semi-competent last year without Roethlisberger for a lot of the time. Okay. Uh, Playing, play, you know, getting F-minus quarterback play. Um, I also think when you talk about having teams with stability and continuity in a season where there's not going to be a preseason and, you know, the offense hasn't even met the defense in a lot of the buildings yet and, you know, everything is so chaotic. This is the team, I think, with the least turnover, one of the least turnover I've ever seen. You know, they switched offensive guards. Uh, they didn't have a first-round pick because they, they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick during last season. So you're really talking about, other than bring back Roethlisberger, who's been there for 10,000 years with the same coach, um, it's the exact same team as last year. They lost one major guy, Javon Hargrave, to Philly. But, you know, you can re- replace an interior defensive lineman. The, this, this team, and, you know, so it's so – it, all right, so what, what has changed? They added Eric Ebron, right? So they're going to have to integrate him. But he is, a, he is a veteran player who just went to a second team and was better. So, I, you know, I sort of like his chances to do that. And then there's a couple rookies, but, you know, they're not really relying on them. They have – that you know, because their their running back duo is James Conner and Benny Snell, but they drafted a guy in the fourth round, uh, Anthony McFarland Jr. I don't think that's Booger's son. Yeah. Um, to what is Booger doing this year? Now that he's, I guess he's like just a he's well, dropping he's hot takes to, on Twitter. Well, I think he was supposed to do college football, but now there is probably no college football. Yeah. So let's let's start. I mean, I think that the the defense is very good for this team, and the defense is clearly what carried this team last year as they went eight and eight. Although you know, with a, a slightly negative uh, differential scoring differential, um, the offense. You know, Roethlisberger played one game last year, so your argument is well, they're going to have more than one game of Roethlisberger. They're going to be a lot better. But I think that the bigger concern that I have is the weapons around Roethlisberger are probably the worst that they've been in at least a decade for him, and. Well, that's not fair. I mean, you're judging guys based on a, a wasted season last year. So, like, yes, though, those guys all regressed. You know, Juju obviously had a horrendous third year. Yeah. And then James Washington after looking like he was going to be good as a rookie. Yeah, so hold on. Let's start with Juju. So Juju looks like a star, like a young superstar mm-hmm. in the league in 2018 with Roethlisberger throwing to him. But also he had Antonio Brown, you know, one of the greatest receivers of all time, drawing double teams all over the field on the other side. He mm-hmm. was much, much worse last year. And now, who who's starting opposite him? Is it Deontay? Is it is it Chase Claypool? Who was, it could be Chase Claypool. But Claypool they drafted in the second round um, yeah. because of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. That was their first draft pick. He's a downfield yes. guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was look. I was drafted. First was, of all, they always find they always find guys who can who can. 
you well, they know, always play. find guys who are sort of decent wide receiver three or wide receiver fours. But they need well, somebody I mean, to be a legitimate threat if they, you know, unless you think that, that Juju is going to do that, even with no one drawing attention the other side of the field. I think they'll be fine. I think, I think they're going to so, score. Yeah, so what I, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, Clay to me, uh, Claypool to me, like, you know, I was doing a lot of research into the receivers because it was definitely a position of need for the Vikings. And he was not a guy that I was interested in at, at all. And I'm far from a draft expert, but. I don't disagree, but I also think, like, if he's going to work on a team, it's going to be this team. Sure. Like, the, the, the burner guy like that playing opposite Juju, like, that, that may work more. I, yeah, I certainly was into more into memes, the guy we drafted, or Pittman, and you're talking about second rounders. But let's talk about, uh, you know, Connor for a second. So, Connor in 2018 replaces Le'Veon when he holds out, and he was great. Last year, Connor was much worse, also. I guess you're going to blame this one on Roethlisberger, also. I would argue that I would argue that Benny Snell was just, you know, was was basically just as good as Connor last year. Yeah, they both were bad, but again, like you could crowd the box against them because they didn't have NFL quarterback play. Yeah. It was just a waste of a year. What mm, happens when okay. you lose quarterback? Um yeah, so Eric Ebron's here. I did notice that the Pittsburgh tight ends had the worst pro football focus uh receiving grade in the NFL last year. So adding Ebron is is in theory helpful, but also like, I think Ebron is still riding that outlier touchdown performance for the Colts in 2018. Like, he, he's the same guy. Like, the reason he failed in, in Detroit is that he has a lot of drops. I'm not sure that he's ever really resolved that. He's obviously not going to be a blocker, although Pittsburgh's been fine with receiving tennis for a while. So I just, you know, the, there's no great weapons here. You know, Roethlisberger, he's old. He just played one game. We don't have a guarantee, especially with his body, that he's going to be back and, and be at, at his elite level again without Antonio Brown, without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he still has a good offensive line, and so I think their offense can be passable. But I think that this is a team who's going to have to be carried by their defense if they're really going to be a contender. Um, yeah, obviously they're going to need the yeah. defense is going to need to play. But I think I, I think really once Minka got settled last year, it became an elite secondary. And then you have right now probably the better Watt and TJ. Yeah, so I, I want, that was my take hot take of this I think podcast. St- the TJ Watt is better than JJ Watt at this point. But you don't think? Yeah, think that's I think a hot that's. Take. I think I don't think that's so hot anymore. I think okay. he's much more likely to play sixteen or fourteen games. Okay. Who uh, is Cameron Hayward better than his brother? I don't know if he has a brother. But yeah, uh, is Mika Craig Ironhead is, than, is Cameron yeah. Hayward Craig Ironhead Hayward's well, that, son? That's what I was thinking of. But um, yeah, let's, uh, Mika let's Fitzpatrick is he better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? By the way, to this day, I still don't understand why the Steelers didn't ask the Dolphins to throw Ryan Fitzpatrick into that trade. Yeah, it got, made no sense. You know, uh, they went eight and eight, and nine and seven was enough not only to win a wild card in the AFC, but uh, ultimately the Titans went all the way to the you know uh, you know won multiple playoff games at nine and seven. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me that you don't think that they they could have gotten more out of Ryan Fitzpatrick last year than, you know, than they got out of, out of the, the combination of Duck Hodges and, and, um, and uh, what Mason Rudolph. Like, I don't know. I, to me, that was a mistake that they, that they didn't even yeah. try to. I have uh, some good news and some bad news for you okay. about Kim Hayward. Yeah. Uh, Craig Ironhead Hayward was his dad. Oh, wow. That's, but, that's amazing. Uh, but he, uh, he passed away very young uh, at, at the age of 39 in 2006. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. From Passaic, New Jersey, Ironhead Hayward. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I feel like if your name is Ironhead, you're probably, um, sort of crashing into people a lot. Probably yeah. not great for your long-term health, although he did have a, a brain tumor, not necessarily uh, mm. dementia-related okay. thing. Um, but yeah, that was the classic fullback. Uh, it is always strange when, like, the Sun plays, like, a totally different position. Although I guess, like, defensive line is not that far away from, from fullback. Yeah. But I like, like, you should always play the same position as your dad. That should be the rule. That's like the man. okay. 
Um, no, I like when the guys are totally different positions, right? Like Jackie well, Slater, you could for do example. Different sports. Ja- no, Jackie Slater's a Hall of Fame left tackle. And yeah, his son is, like, is a, right. a skinny little special teams guy. You could be. Special teams, like, you know, yeah. eighth receiver. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is funny we, when you have, like, Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder, who are, like, you know, carbon copies of each other, obviously. Yeah, except they had, I think, nothing to do with each other. Yeah, right? well, as adults. Speaking. As adults, they did, correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, D. Gordon and, and Tom Gordon, very different. Like a steal, you know, a base stealing second baseman versus a closer. Yeah. Although I, I'm not sure they had anything to do with each other. Right. Um, okay. Do you remember the book, The Girl of Tom Gordon by Stephen King? No. How many Stephen King books over under one and a half have you read in your life? Zero. Re- okay. You know, I, I read the, what's the Four Seasons book where there's, it's like no four different books in one, the famous Stephen King book. I, no I read idea. that when I was a kid. It was way over my, I remember it was like, there was like boobs in the book and stuff. It was very Now, now here, here's my question. Roethlisberger, yeah. admittedly, he only played a game and a half, so it's a small sample size, but he was mm-hmm. bad last year, right? Against the Patriots. Yeah. In week one, they All lost right. 33 Yeah, he was three. bad against, against a team with like a, you know, an elite secondary, the best team week one. I'm not losing that much. Sleep yeah. Before. And then, you know, and then the next week he got injured, but uh, you know, on the season, he, uh, his completion percentage was in the mid fifties. His, you know, yards per attempt was in the fives. He had no touchdowns. Um, I'm just, I'm worried. Take away Le'Veon Bell. Okay, fine. He'll be fine. Take away Antonio Brown. You're really starting to, to really hurt him. And I'm just, I think that this assumption that he's just going to be back to exactly who he was at 30, he's 38 years old, right? Yeah, I mean, that means he's five years younger than Brady. Yeah, okay, but that's, well, first of all, that's an extremely unique circumstance. Also, he has a different body type, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's listed at, I think, 240. There's no Right, and he's also, I mean, he's always hurt compared to uh, most of the other good quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he played 16 games the year before, and he led the league in, um, by the way, he led the league in 2018 in interceptions with only 16, which really speaks to how different the NFL is. He also led the league in completions, attempts, and yards. So, um, Who's the backup, Mason Rudolph? Is it not Doc Hodges? I'm not sure what the order is. I, I think Doc Hodges is on the, uh, is on the team. Oh, they also have Paxton Lynch, so I guess they're all fighting for a spot or two. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. And the death chart they have, yeah, Rudolph 2, Hodges 3, and Lynch 4. So by the way, did we find out if, if, if Anthony McFarlane Jr. is Booger's son? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't check that. I feel like uh, Booger would mention him every play if he was if he was his son. But let's see. So I don't know how old Booger is to have a uh, a kid that old. But let's see. Who am I to say that though? Yeah. Imagine so, like um, if my daughter was in you know a boy and and you know a footballer, she could be in the NFL soon. I'm not that old. No, I don't not, not believe his. Uh, your your daughter's fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. What are you talking about? Why yeah, she you... could be like a star now. In the NFL? You're literally not No, in like four years. No, six years. Well, she's a basketball player, though. She's not a football oh, player. Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah. So I, so I have the Steelers at, at 11, and I'm even regretting that a little bit. I think that it just – I don't think there's a huge difference in the middle of the AFC. Uh, after you take the Chiefs and the Ravens, who obviously are in their – Well, that's their... why it was hard for me. I needed to put a third AFC team there. But it's – you know, obviously you can make a case for the Patriots. You want to say, like, the Titans are going to do it again. Patriots, Steelers, Colts, Bills, Titans, um, you know, Browns, yeah, But who of those teams Texans. really excite you? None of those teams, except for maybe the Pats, can you say, like, oh, that team's going to be in the playoffs for sure, you know? Yeah, no, none of those teams. I think – I mean, Pittsburgh's issue also is they have, a, you know, a behemoth in their own division, right? And they have – and they and What was that word? B-E-H-E-M-O-T-H. You should have read more Stephen King books. Why? Behemoth. 
behemoth. Sorry. Um, whatever. You're people, to, you know, that, that the famous, like, go make fun of people because they, yeah, yeah, yes, you, you yes, are. It's yeah, the same take, thing talking yeah. to both of you. Um, anyways, the point is that I'm just, I'm not convinced that Pittsburgh is a playoff team. I think that they're probably, a, again, an eight and eight, nine and seven team. Their hope has to be that the Bengals are still, you know, completely, you know, in rebuilding mode with Burrow. And, and so they get two wins there. And that I guess they can sneak one out against Baltimore or maybe. Um, no, I, I disagree. Know. If Roethlisberger plays 14 games, this team is definitely making the playoffs. So that's why I picked them. Definitely the making the playoffs. Okay. Yes, yeah, so if Roethlisberger play, assuming there's a 16 game season. If Pro football focus is chances games. Pittsburgh makes the playoffs 33%. Yeah, that's crap. Well, so the over under is nine and a half. So you are definitely taking the under. I'd be, that's what I'd you're be, yeah. I'm, I, I'm definitely well, taking the under. This is a lock. Don't call lock to me. Well, so there, there um, aren't, isn't there a seventh playoff spot? Like, not, you could make the playoffs very easily at nine and seven. Mm. Um, yeah, that's okay. So I'm, I'm not saying they're not making the playoffs. I'm saying that they're not winning ten games. Yeah, I would lean towards the over. We'll do over unders at the end, but I'm leaning yeah. towards. Well, them. we both just over. said it already, so we can lean. Which I mean, like all thirty-two, we'll do them, and like we usually uh, do them in a podcast. Oh, we do. Uh, oh, okay, I think so. I don't know. All right. Well, this is the but... sixth year we're doing this. 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, sixth year. Okay. How, All right, I wanted to ask you. How, how many years did you do with gold? One or two? Three? I think we did previews. We did two years of podcasts, but only one year of previews, I think. So what did you do the other year? Uh, well, like we were sort of off and on. It was, it was pretty spur. Like we did, we said we're going to do 32 and 32 days. And then he got a job like 12 days in. So we only ended up doing like 17 teams. Oh. Uh, he, cause he was an accountant uh, and he had to like work all night. Okay. And, uh, and so we did like, you know, Hey, it's a week three preview week four, but I don't think we ever got back to doing um, NFL previews. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Ask me. Roethlisberger, where do you have him all time on your QB list? I have him one spot next to Philip Rivers. You have him 21 ahead of Philip Rivers, I assume. Uh, I don't remember offhand whether he's 21 or 23. I just know that they're one spot apart. I think I have one but spot But you agree higher. Roethlisberger is a lock for the Hall of Fame versus Rivers. Obviously, because he's won two Super Bowls. Because of his yeah. postseason success. Of course, yeah. And, and it's not even – and as I mentioned, his, his postseason numbers are not better on a per-game basis than Rivers's. But, you know, he had far better defenses and, and, and far better coaches, and he, he won a Super Bowl, and that's, that's partly what we get judged by. But I will say this. Like, I was sort of – Roethlisberger's career, and he's not nearly at Brady's level, obviously – but Roethlisberger's career has almost a similar trajectory to Brady in that he won early in his career and he got the Super Bowl under his belt, even though he wasn't good at the time. He, right. You look at his numbers. He would have 17 touchdowns, 14 interceptions a year. No, it was a known thing. Like, yeah, those But they had elite years, defenses. But then nobody he, thought he was but great then, but, then, but then in the, pa- in, the, in, the te- in the teens, in the last decade, uh, much like Brady, that's when he became a superstar. Now, it helped that he had, you know, Antonio Brown and, and, and before that, Heinz Ward and, and – um, you know, and all and, and Le'Veon Bell and all all these great players that he could just superstars uh, at the talent position, and obviously also he had great offensive lines almost that entire time as well. So that obviously helped. But he started putting up big numbers legitimately uh, in the last in the second half of his career, which sort of retroactively. So I, I was sort of very anti Roethlisberger for a long time, but uh, by by this point I, I I acknowledge not only that obviously he will make the Hall of Fame, but that I think he deserves to. I do have him number twenty one, by the way. And his, his CQBR plus for his career is 108.7, which means he's been 8.7% above average throughout his career, which Rivers is 109.1. So he's almost identical to Rivers. Uh, Matt Ryan is in the Re- same Can field. you read Ben's year-by-year uh, year rankings like he was the X best each year? Yes, I can certainly do that. Let's hear that. I want to get like, okay. a feel for that. All right. So this is regular season only, obviously. Yeah, before you do that, so uh, quick basketball talk for a second. So the Spurs officially – 
right before we spoke. Um, I'm missing the playoffs for the first yeah. time, only the second time as a, for me as a Spurs fan since 1990. Um, and the uh, first time, obviously, in, you know, since Duncan, I think they said Jason Tatum was not alive the last time the Spurs missed the playoffs. The, um, but there's, so the one exciting thing is there's going to be quadruple headers every day, starting with Monday. Yeah. Every single day for at least eight days. Basketball all day, every day. Header. It's yeah. really crazy. NBA is going to own August. And I wonder if, I wonder if they should go deeper into the summer. Obviously, yet you should be done before football's over. No, but because I do they wonder... promised to the players in the bubble. Right? These guys what? want to get back to their families. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like every year. I wonder if they should start oh, Christmas. Oh, oh, change. Or even, or even like MLK-ish day, MLK day-ish. And, no, and because they already dominate August. the summer with their offseason and free agency and all that, right? But in June, June is a very busy sports month. Well, there June is, a lot is the NBA on. Finals. But there's a lot going on in June. You have, like, you're going up against hockey, not that they're, like, really... No, they're going up know. against nothing. It's, it's, it's early season baseball and hockey, which is, you know... A, no, but a, there's a, a lot of golf sport. and tennis. Like, there's a lot of noise on the calendar, whereas there's uh, none in The NBA Finals dominate June, and then NBA Free Agency dominates late June in the draft. So, I don't agree with that. I think well, the NBA they, Free Agency is going to be... I think their window... I, don't I think, know when it's going to happen. I think that May, June is wide open. If you, in July, they dominate because of Free Agency. So, I don't think they need to really push their schedule too much. Who is the biggest potential mover this offseason in the NBA? Well, why don't we save our NBA talk for like when we talk about a crappy team that we have nothing else no, to discuss? No, this is our NBA. This is our quick NBA preview. Should we do an NBA? Let's do a quick NBA preview now. <sighs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not shoehorning an NBA preview into the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Fine. Then the Dolphins. Next episode, the Dolphins. We're promising. A, a, I'll give you time to research. Fine. And by time, Fine. I mean. And that makes sense because we're talking about Miami. And in that's Miami, what I'm saying. Can, we'll talk about two Nobody cares about the Dolphins. Dolphins. Okay, fine. Yes. That's fine. NBA preview during the Dolphins podcast. Okay, so Saturday you get NBA preview and the Dolphins. Good. Um, right, so here's Roethlisberger's yeah, year by your numbers. Yes, by the way, please. I'm actually surprised. They are not uh, what I thought they were in my head. So 2004, I have him as the 10th best quarterback. That's his rookie year when they go 15-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, His next year, six. So he is a, you know, a legitimate star in his second year. Then his third year drops to 21. Mm-hmm. Then he's up to four. So he has wow. one of the best years of his career in 2007. Then 25, but he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, then not, and then he sort of settles into sort of the, um, the above average solid sort of part of his career. He's 9, 11, 13, 12, 14. So for five, six years in a row, he's an above average quarterback, but not spectacular. Sort of, you know, in that Matt Stafford range. Uh, then he drops to then he jumps up to four in 2014. He has a monster season. Then down to 16 in 2015. And then the last few years, uh, and that's when the Killer Bees were, you know, at their apex, 16, 17. He's nine, nine, and six. Mm-hmm. So overall, as high as four a couple times. Yeah, four twice, and then and then six. It's fascinating twice. that he's never a top three quarterback, but then almost everybody would say he's a Hall of Famer. It's pretty funny. But I don't think any, I don't think anybody would have thought he ever was a top three quarterback. He's never been like in the conversation. No, I understand, he, but like you wouldn't work in any other position that you're like, oh, he was never considered, you know, the, one of the top three running backs. But let's be like Frank Gore, and Frank Gore may have had a year where he was one of the top. Well, three yeah, but backs. there's no other position that has thirty guys in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. So actually, I had a game I wanted to play with you because the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously are a, a famous franchise. Uh, you know, uh, you know, as as super nerds like you and I know, they were the joke franchise in the NFL in the first like forty years of the NFL's existence. From the, yep. you know the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, they were the worst team in, in the history of the league. They were so bad, of course, that during World War II, they combined with the Eagles to become the Steelers. Well, that, that wasn't because they were bad. They just lost so many guys. Yeah, to, and they went uh, 0-10 that year. No, but they were historically bad until the yeah. 70s when they were so good. And then, they, and then they, you know, they cooled down in the 80s, but then they heated up again. But they've sort of maintained this title town reputation 
Um, and, and now go back. By the way, if you're if you're interested, go back and look at the drafts. I know people talk about them, but like, look at how many like Hall of Famers they You know, they have one draft where they draft four Hall of Famers, and then like there's a bunch more. But where there's also the Steelers are the sort of the quintessential example, and I'd say Washington is the example in the '80s of a team who every single player on their team. It just put like was put in the Hall of Fame automatically. Well, Washington didn't have that. Washington thinks that they, you know, all those hogs should be in. There's too many um, hogs in the Hall of Fame. Don't get me started on that. But like Lynn Swan, Lynn Swan had a couple of great play, uh, play uh, you know, iconic plays, and was an acrobatic receiver. But there's no way he should be a Hall of Fame. After what? No, after watching this stuff from the '70s, Lynn Swan is like clearly the best receiver in the '70s and should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the best receiver the whole decade. No, he really is. No, Everyone right. considered it. You watch that like every single play makes it so good. He would have the team like catches even... a year. It didn't matter. They literally didn't try. You watch the games. They did not try in the regular season. They were just so much better than everyone else. Right. It was the Pittsburgh and Stallworth and Stallworth has a better career take. because he he ends up going for a million more years than Swan. Did. Yeah, also not no. Hall Swan is a whole, and also there's no good Hall of Famer in the seventies. We discussed Al Jackson was the leading receiver in the seventies. All right, so and like game, some of those guys, like Bolitnikov, was overrated too. Like a lot of those guys were overrated. Yeah, right? well, all those guys were overrated. But okay, so with the game I wanted to play with you. Well, and by the mm-hmm. way, it, it, it just emphasizes to me how truly incredible, um, you know, when we're talking about wide receivers, how truly incredible Don Hudson is. Because he plays in the 40s, and he puts up numbers that would, you know, be fine in this era. Yeah, you could make a case Don Hudson's the best player ever. Just, like, in comparison to um, – and also Don Hudson, like, played, like, five years with interceptions and is one of the Packers' all-time leading interceptors. Like, you know, he yeah. was also a very good defensive back. Yeah. Okay, so the game I wanted to play with you was I wanted you to try and guess – and, and because I sent you all my rankings, you might know this anyways. I wanted you to try, I guess, the highest-ranked Pittsburgh Steeler in my charts at every position. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty this, – this, okay, fine. So you're going to have Roethlisberger over Bradshaw. Okay, so I have Roethlisberger 21 and Bradshaw 28, so correct. So, yeah, so yeah. Roethlisberger is the greatest uh, quarterback in Pittsburgh Steelers history. And then for running backs, I think you're going to have Le'Veon Bell as their best running back. No, he hasn't played nearly long enough. He hasn't played enough. Yeah. Le'Veon, so um, I mean, I have Le'Veon. Where do I have Le'Veon? I have him at number 51 right now. Oh, so Franco. Okay. Franco Harris? Okay, so I actually, I didn't, um, yeah, Franco Harris, I have a number 21. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, all right. Let's, um, all right, I'll, I'll give an easy one. Center? Uh, Mike Webster, yes, the late Mike uh, Webster. Yeah, um, in the conversation, uh, it's either him or Jim Otto for the greatest center of all time. So that was an easy no, one. No, Jim Otto's not. No, no, Jim Otto's not in the conversation. He was the AFL guy. See, your uh, AFL stuff is – by the way, I, I, this is going to bore almost everybody. But um, when, you, when I was watching all these 80 games, like, it's universally acknowledged that Dwight Stevenson was the best center ever. Like, he was so much better than everyone else, but he only gets – he only plays seven years. But his career is too eight, short, yeah. In his eighth season – I don't think I've talked about this, right? That he, uh, that he, on a Monday night football game against the Jets, is uh, Marino throws an interception and off screen, Marty Lyons, who's the Jets radio announcer now, um, like blocks below his knee. He claims, but you never see it. They don't show a replay, and and Stevenson cards off, and they're like, all right, whatever, you know, he might be hurt, and then he never plays again. Uh, but they were college teammates. Very strange. So uh, Stevenson does not blame him, even though the rest of the Steelers did. Oh, like, they thought it was these... intentional, or they just thought it was dirty? Yeah, they, well, they thought it was dirty. Like he was always known as a dirty player, but they're also yeah. college teammates and friends. So, like it was okay. strange. But anyway, but Stevenson was considered uh, the best lineman of the '80s above Anthony Munoz. Okay, but his career wasn't long enough. So, all right, uh, who's the greatest receiver in Pittsburgh history? 
Uh, probably Antonio Brown. Yeah, it's got to be. Have yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown is a absolutely no-brainer Hall of Famer, and I will not tolerate anyone who says otherwise. All right, probably the hardest one on this list, uh, who is the greatest tight end in Steelers history? Um, what's the name of their tight end in the 70s? Well, actually, one of the weird things they did is they converted their tight end to left tackle. I don't know if you know this. For Like their tight end for the first two Super Bowls is one of their tackles for the next two Super Bowls. Okay. They actually converted him. Yeah, it, uh, but they, it, I, I don't know Heath Miller. Like uh, yeah, they haven't I've, had a lot of no, good tight Heath ends. Miller, excellent Heath Miller, number yeah, twenty one on the list of tight ends. Again, there was no good tight ends until like the sixties. There was a couple guys who were like receivers yeah, who yeah. got converted, but there were but, no good tight ends yeah. until like the early nineties. For sure, the first good tight ends were like uh, other. I mean, there was a couple guys, but the first time there was like three good tight ends at a time was like the Brent Jones, Jay Novacek type thing. You know. Yeah. All right. Um. Actually, I this is going to be the hardest one. Uh. Because uh, for a team that's had a lot of good offensive linemen. The Pittsburgh Steelers do not have, uh, I mean, they have guys who played for a year or two, you know, who, who you know, Flozell Adams or, you know, was on the Steelers a little bit. But the, the first tackle to play, you know, a majority of his career for the Pittsburgh Steelers is my 85th tackle. So this is impossible. Well, well, John Cobb, like, maybe was like a great player who just never made Pro Bowls because he's their left tackle for all four Super Bowls. And like the team was a dominant rushing team. So in hindsight, watching the games, like he's really good and he just never, for whatever reason, was never getting voted into Pro Bowls, and then uh, I think Dr. Z as an, as an All-Pro towards the end of his career. But he was, in hindsight, probably a Hall of Fame level player that just wasn't acknowledged. Yeah, that's very weird, though, because everyone was acknowledged on that team. So I know. We... It's a very strange. Well, him and Elsie Greenwood were, like, two of the best players on the team, mm. but for whatever reason, we're never really getting awards. But You're not in a Tunch Ilkin fan? Than... Tunch Ilkin uh, one of my favorite names. Yeah, Tunch Ilkin was good. Yeah, no, but uh, to me, the highest-ranked Steeler on my tackle list is number 85 is Frank Vericcioni, yeah. who, who I'm sure you haven't heard here, of because he played, losing people. he played in the 50s and early 60s, so it was before yeah. they were a relevant team. Yeah, if, if Rob was here, he'd say we were losing people, I think, with this. Uh, with the Frank Valen. Well, okay, yeah. fine. So, uh, well, let's, well, we'll get into positions where they have higher-profile guys. So, guard, the fifth-greatest guard of all time, absurdly not in the Hall of Fame yet, also played for your team. Easy one. Uh, Alan Fan. Yeah, it, it bothers me that he was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, um, let's uh, let, let's get to defense though, because that's where you know the Pittsburgh Steelers have so many huge name players. Mm-hmm. So um, who is the? Uh, and these are all these are all like you know all time legendary type guys. So who's the greatest defensive tackle in Steelers history? Uh, Minjo Green, Ham Lambert, yeah, and then so, I, and yeah. and is probably LC Greenwood. Yeah, so I, I have Minjo Green, obviously uh, the highest among all of them. But yeah, they're all great players. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I just gave you all four defense, all yeah. four front yeah. seven. So, so Elsie, yeah, so Elsie Greenwood is their is their top defensive end. Elsie, in the him. Super Bowl, Elsie Greenwood is always like unblockable, and is better than any of those other guys. It's really crazy. Oh, interesting. So, so you you put because Elsie is not even like he's 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 nowhere in the Hall of Fame discussion. No, no, no. But he, yeah, he's he's definitely the best player in the front seven in in, in all the AFC Championship and, and Super Bowl games. Okay, I haven't seen those games you have, so I'll defer. Who's I think only of the front four? I think only Mean Joe Green is still alive. Oh, I think Elsie no, died, and the, other, and the other two guys. Uh, All right, uh, who's the greatest died. outside linebacker? I think you might have already said his name. I see a Hammond Lambert of the line. Yeah, Hammond Lambert, outside linebacker, inside linebacker. All right, uh, the greatest cornerback of all time is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Who is he? Oh, oh Rod Rick. Woodson. Yeah. I have Dion too. You could flip, flip him. I don't really care one way or the other. Yeah, Rod Woodson's tricky because some of his um, early uh, awards are for returning. Yeah, I mean Steve Smith on the Panthers, same thing actually. And then, um, and then, who is the uh, greatest uh, Steeler safety of all time? Um, I'm assuming one of the guys from the '70s. 
you're gonna give the crazy thing about Rod Woodson people don't remember is like when Rod Woodson was on the 1990 when NFL like had the official all-time team 75 year all-time team in 94 he was already sort of did this year he was already on that team and then like his career is amazing he's like an immortal player basically and then he's on the 2000 Ravens as a starting safety yeah, like people forget he was on the team with Ray Lewis. Well, both Rod and Charles Woodson switched to safety and were and were stars at safety as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, but the the best safety is um, Troy Palomalo, more recent. Oh more yeah, recent yeah okay, yeah, I was just thinking seventies. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, all right, all so right, we're losing people. We are. So, uh, okay. All right. Well, you're losing me. The greatest <laughs> kicker. All right, the easy one. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. Nobody thinks of on the Steelers, but he played most of his career for the Steelers. I don't think anybody thinks of him at all. Yeah. Um. Okay, fine. So we're losing people. Uh, you did not like my game. Uh, bef- before we get bombed, are we doing the schedule game? What are we doing for the Steelers? How much time do we have to do the schedule game? Um, I think we have like two minutes. You want to zip through it really quickly? Yeah, very quick. Very quick. All right, at Giants on Monday night. Win. Early game. Denver at home. The Rooney Marable win. Houston at home. I'll say loss. I'll say they split at, those. Two. At Tennessee. Loss. Two and two. At home against the Eagles. Oof. I'll say win. And then at home against the Browns. Win. And then at Baltimore. Loss. Okay, so four and three. Coming out of the bye, they have a, a late Sunday game against the Cowboys on national television. Loss. All right, so four and four. Come home. Cowboys play. just added your buddy Everson Griffin. Yes, yesterday. I know. They did. Bengals. Win. All right, five and four. At Jacksonville. Win. And then short uh, rest Thursday night game against. <laughs>